Welcome to episode 16 of SF Takes on Tourism. I am Daniel Schwartz. And I'm Hubertus Funke. How about that announcement? Governor Newsom just coming out there and, you know, giving us a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, God, best announcement I've heard in a long time, honestly. I think um, that, that, that was really, really great news this week. Um, I think many people have heard that California is really on track now on on fully opening again, which is fantastic. So the goal is for the state to fully reopen in the context of health guidelines, obviously, but um, at least to have that timeline, which is really important to have, June 15th. So only a few months away. Unbelievable, June 15th. And that's mostly due to the aggressive vaccination rate that the state's been undergoing. We're doing really well in that respect. Actually, San Francisco itself is doing well, we're doing over 12,000 shots a day now. And I think, what, over 50% of our population has been backed over yeah, I think, a certain age group has been vaccinated with one shot at least? Yeah, 53% of um, all 16 and over have received at least one dose. And um, 33%, 16 and over half are fully vaccinated at this point. So that's a, that's a great number. And I think same kind of holds true for California as well. You know, they're, they're really pushing, pushing the vaccination forward. So um, really, really doing well. We are at, let me just see here. See, now I can find 6% of all Californians have received at least one dose at this point. And, you know, that was part of the, the governor's, announce, governor's announcement also. You know, he's really pushing forward to, to get the vaccinations um, um, you know, really get, get Californians vaccinated as quickly as possible. So I think this is exciting news. Yeah. It means a lot for our industry, obviously. And it's been, it's been a devastating year. Um, you know, we had hoped to see much more of a quicker reopening this year, and that has been delayed um, through the recent surges that we've seen in the wintertime. So this is really good, I think. I think to yeah. see that people are getting vaccinated, that um, you know that the numbers are are going down because the vaccinations are going to be critical overall. I think in this overall. Yeah. Um, Looking at Israel, they do work. Just as a reminder to everybody, I mean, Israel has basically decimated the coronavirus. It's down to like a point zero zero five percent infection rate. They just had a uh, the Passover holiday. Families gathered together. It was a super spreader event across the country, and they saw no increase in cases whatsoever. And I think that's great, great evidence that the vaccines really work and something that we could look forward to. And Absolutely. For, I for think travel, it's huge. The, you know, yeah, and I think there's concerns, obviously, now, you know, numbers are kind of ticking up, you know, obviously in the Midwest, that, that's a huge concern. Um, you know, what we see in Michigan and, and some other states, frankly, too. And they say that the flattening is actually somewhat, you know, um, ticking up a little bit again, if you can say that yeah. in some states across the nation. And so I think there's that concern, obviously, of these variants um, kind of having another surge. We certainly see that in Europe, but also, you know, vaccinations are not quite as efficient there as, as we see that here. So I think the vaccinations are really going to be critical in kind of combating surges, but also in, in really containing hopefully the variants down the line yeah. also. I think we're absolutely, so not, absolutely not, in a race, but I hope that we win this race. And I mean, a, another sign of success today in San, is it today in San Francisco, we have the first SF Giants home game with a crowd, which is actually the first big event in San Francisco since the 
coronavirus landed itself here as well. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's amazing. That's I think that's super exciting. You know, this is is the first um, Giants game with spectators. Um, I believe there's about nine thousand um, spectator, spectators allowed at Oracle Park. So they are at like twenty two percent of normal capacity, and they've they've met all kinds of of um, safety um, uh, standards, which is which is really great. I think they even developed an app where those, uh, because you have to have either a negative COVID test or um, need to prove that you're fully vaccinated. So I believe they have developed an app that kind of takes information from a negative COVID test from different wherever you have gotten your, your test or had your test done to simplify that process a little bit. I think you can order food and drinks from the comfort of your seat and then pick it up once it's ready. So it, it's kind of exciting from what, I, what I've heard. You know, people are really excited. I mean, people love the Giants. We all love the Giants. But to have this in the week when this announcement was made, I think it's, it's, really, it's really a great sign that we're on the right path. It's a great sign, except, uh, you know, we still don't have specific meeting guidelines. We're waiting for a lot of them, correct, in San Francisco, which is really frustrating. And I think as we continue to reopen, uh, it, it's again showing these inconsistencies and there's this feeling of the, an arbitrary approach to a lot of guidance, whether it's from local health departments or the national health department. I mean, the CDC just said uh, they, you know, they announced and put out some guidelines for fully vaccinated travelers saying you can fly at very low risk to yourself, basically saying go ahead and travel. Don't, you don't need to worry, you know, use a mask, of course, but for yourself, you're at very low risk. Fantastic. Same thing. We have a crowd with protection um, at the SF Giants, but we don't have those meeting. We don't have the meeting guidelines, which is frustrating. And I think on the national level, um, many of you may have heard, Florida is suing the CDC over guidelines preventing them. Actually, they're extending the suspension of cruises while at the same time allowing people and not encouraging but allowing people saying that there's no risk to fly around the country as much as you'd like uh, at very low risk to yourself so again that does and i can see where that comes and feels well that comes with frustration and why that feels so so challenging and why it feels arbitrary they don't often give the science behind these decisions and i think they could do themselves a lot of they could do themselves a big favor by providing the science behind these decisions because I I don't really get it. it doesn't really make sense to me I don't know if you have any take I, I I totally agree with you and I think um, that that has been the, the one of the biggest challenges right for us as a as an industry to kind of get these guidelines and see you know um, specifically for for the meetings business which is obviously a very significant piece of our visitor industry here in San Francisco, right? Having, having meetings and conventions and that sort of thing. So the um, state announcement did include, had a provision for to hold meetings. I believe it is kept at 5,000 people for indoor meetings. Again, in the context of having um, physical distancing and mask wearing and having an, either a negative COVID test or, or being fully vaccinated. And that should be in effect until I think October the 1st. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge is also, yes, to your point, the different interpretation, right? I mean, what, what I found frustrating to be frank, you know, personally is like, 
the CDC issues these, yeah, it's fine to travel. You sh still shouldn't travel. So there's there's kind of this, you know, kind of a little bit of an ambiguous messaging sometimes. So I think what will happen is, um, especially now that people are getting vaccinated and um, these rates are going up, that there will be more of sort of um, things just falling into place, for lack of a better word. Because I think um, when people are more confident and feel, feel safer, you know, remember when they said flying was not safe and then suddenly flying was safe. I personally don't think that flying is is not safe in the context of COVID. I have flown a few times. I know you have been on a plane a few times. But yeah, there is a, there's certainly a little bit of that, that ambiguous messaging. And I think you brought up the cruises and I thought that was interesting because first I thought, oh, wow, I, a cruise ship would probably be the last thing um, I would want to be on. And, and I would totally understand if people don't want to do that. But I also see that a lot of people want to be on a cruise, right? And I think maybe the cruise industry as, a, as an industry segment is lobbying to have those cruises permitted. A, it's a big part of the tourism mix in the United States, certainly in certain states. And B, I would assume and I would argue that that industry has also come up with guidelines and, and measures, right, to conduct, to be able to operate cruises safely. And they have. So, um, so I think there's, to your point, I, I think, yes, there are um, those overarching big, you know, CDC guidelines. And then you see that a lot of segments or industries don't really fit into that. And I, I think there's a lot of lobbying obviously going on because everybody wants to operate within a safe and healthy context, of course, you know, and I would argue that the cruise industry will not take any risks. Um, I, I, I would just assume, and I would just hope that the cruise industry is, is making all these, taking all these precautions. So, but I, I do agree with you. I think it sometimes is a little bit frustrating because there is a little bit of mixed messaging and it becomes sometimes difficult to navigate as a consumer, right? What is right? What is wrong? You know, I have had one vaccine, vac one dose now, or I have had two doses mm -hmm. now. What can I do? What's what's okay to do? Mm -hmm. um, I, I I agree with you. It's sometimes a little bit difficult to navigate. Yeah, and I think from a supplier and a DMO perspective, first of all, sticking to the safety message is still important. I mean, we've said that all along. When San Francisco opens up, we're going to do it safely. You know, when California opens up, we're going to do it safely. And I think that is now becoming more important than ever because places are opening up. California is opening up and people have the confidence in the state and the city and the individual suppliers that it will be a safe place to travel. Um, and I think that's really important. I, I, yeah, the, the consistency thing drives me crazy. And I think it also does get captured when we look at some of the sentiment among travelers, because right now we are at a record when it comes to Americans' interest in travel. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're planning more than ever. Um, and they're really open to inspiration as well. They're, it's peaking right now. Um, in the last 12 months at a 77% of travelers, according to the destination analyst sentiment study that we get every week, um, are open to travel inspiration. And that's a mm -hmm. big change and, and, and really important. Although actually the concern about health ticked up a little bit from the last two weeks because of this surge or growth of cases in a few different states, overall, mm -hmm. um, there's still more than half that feel comfortable going out for leisure activities, which is a pandemic era 
record high. So a lot of good movements uh, in the travel sentiment. I think it's really important to dig into some of this data if you have it available as a as a travel supplier, understand what people are, what type of travel they're interested in now. Because for example, um, there's also a record number of, of, of respondents in this travel sentiment study that are interested in traveling to cities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not just beach destinations, still led by beach and rural and smaller towns, but cities are, are inching up, which is fantastic to see from, from my perspective. Um, but a lot of movement in the travel uh, sentiment study and people's preferences and concerns are changing, I think, every week, uh, every day almost. So I think it's really important to really look at the data as we start to plan campaigns and start to look at attracting more travelers uh, to your destination or to your, uh, to your product. Um, on that note, in terms of attracting people to your destination, IATA, also in the news, is planning in the next week or two to launch a beta version of their travel app. Now, this travel app will have the capability to verify people's COVID-19 vaccination status, as well as upload test results. Um, I think there's been a lot of talk about this app, Mm. and this is a step, I guess, in the right direction, but a long way to go because, first of all, it needs to be adopted by airlines. It needs to Mm -hmm. be adopted by, you know, passengers and governments, and there's still so much inconsistency out there around different rules and things. So I think this has a long way to go, but I think we can see at this point maybe where it's going. I, think this is I yeah, and I know there's uh, there's been a lot of conversation around you know what uh, what will that look like down the line, right? Will there be a, like a vaccine passport, a kind of like um, I'm not sure. I mean, I um, I'm a little I don't know what, how you think, but I I'm a little I I see that as a positive thing, frankly, to facilitate yeah. more. I don't see that as a as a you know, infringement of my privacy, which is what you hear a lot now that this is kind of like an overreach of, of governments maybe. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's so much data out there, right? You uh, And I think if, if this is something that facilitates travel and movement and kind of like making things more accessible, I, I would see it from this point. At this point, from what I know now, I think it would be a great thing if I could go into a theater go into a concert and by, you know, ways of just showing a barcode or like a little, having a little app or, or whatnot. I, I don't know. I think if it I, helps I open up travel, amazing. And that's really what we want. And we want, I think having tools like this, even in the pipeline will give people the confidence to book ahead. You know, it's yeah. really interesting to look at some of the booking patterns now because about five, six months ago, almost all bookings were like one week to three weeks and very last minute, most taking place in the last week. We still see a lot of last minute bookings in the US. Um, however, we're now seeing far out bookings, especially things like cruises. People are booking year and a half, two years ahead. And when you look at international travel, you know, there's, again, there's still a lot of people concerned about health. They're not willing to, do, uh, to take part in international travel right now. But I think we have a tool like this in place they, mm-hmm. it might help encourage them to yeah. some bookings and, and know that, okay, these, this infrastructure is going to be in place. It's not going to be a hodgepodge of like, I need to contact my agent to find out all the different requirements per destination, et cetera. I mean, consistency again, will be really, really helpful to facilitate that, that international travel. 
I, I, I would agree. And again, I think a lot of, I, I hate to use that term because it's, it's kind of um, means that it's simplified, but I think a lot of things will fall into place, right? I think what we still need to remember this is that we have been dealing with a global pandemic. So there's still a lot of new data. There's still a lot of research that needs to be sort of looked at, you know, for, for the next years to come and then really yeah. see how we, we need to see how long these vaccines will be, effective right how often people will have to be vaccinated if if that needs to be an ongoing regimen so i think there's there's a lot of things that need to be looked at but yeah to your point i think um there is that uptick in certainly in the consumer confidence right where people feel much more confident in making plans versus looking at that one two three week window where they know they can control that this way it's a little bit easier to kind of say hey let's Think about 2022, right? It may not happen this year, but maybe 2022 is the time for us to make that big overseas trip or take that big overseas trip that we had, yep. you know, postponed for, for the last year or year and a half. So I think whatever, um, and it, it, it's really going to be important to do that in meaningful ways and in, in ways that are along, that go along with those health guidelines, which is why I also appreciated that the governor did say he was specifically asked in that press conference this week, will you um, eliminate the mask mandate? And he said, absolutely not. You know, we're, we're keen on reopening the state, but we're doing that completely along those health guidelines. And that does not mean that you can throw your mask away come June right. 15th. Down the line, that may be the case, but not certainly not immediate. And I, I do appreciate that, right? This is not kind of the on and off switch button that we've kind of seen in other states, frankly. And I'm not sure that's the right thing to, to look at this and the right thing to do. But um, so I, I did appreciate that, that California is taking um, a very, very optimistic route, but also a very, um, you know, a a way that is, that is considering all these health guidelines that are still in place. Agreed. And I can't, yeah, agreed. And I can't stress enough about flexibility i mean when we're talking about these longer travel windows you know yes putting deals out there can help but remember there's a record amount of savings in people's accounts right now there's a record amount of money in the bank people have not been spending money they have a a huge pent-up demand so if you're a tour operator you're uh you know selling packages international higher-end trips Put put some put put it out there. Put your prices out there. You know, talk to the travel agents. Try to encourage future bookings with flexible conditions. Because my mom, for example, she sent me this package uh, the other day, an itinerary that her friends are putting together a trip to go to Africa, super high end. It was like I don't know five thousand dollars a person or something. You know, with private flights and you know, really high end safari trip. And I said, this looks amazing. Seems like a pretty good deal. You know, for what it is, like you know. You haven't taken a vacation in like three years. You're retiring, um, et cetera. And, and then I said, you know, book it. You can always cancel it later. And they said, no, 50% deposit non-refundable upon booking for a trip next March. And I was like, what are these people thinking? I mean, charge extra if you need. Get the cash flow for your companies, but make those flexible booking windows. Because when I see things like that and I hear that also about hotels, you know, don't put non-refundable rates, stick to the refundable rates, let people change, and then you'll be able to generate that future travel because um, there is so much uncertainty now. So I just wanted to 
remind any listeners about that um, if they are if they do happen to work for a tour operator or hotel or any other products that mm-hmm. that is still the way to go in my opinion in my opinion at least point, yeah. I hope I can so know. anyway I thought it was a it's 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 been a good week and I, I feel that um, and the data suggests that you know that the consumer sentiment but all, the sentiment really shifting to actually converting right from yeah. Yes. want to be inspired. Yes, we want to have content and think about and dream about traveling. But now we see um, that there's certainly an uptick in people actually transacting. And I think that's good news when, for example, in the UK, you know, when they, um, uh, when, when the government in the UK announced sort of their their opening timeline and sort of their exit, you know, their lockdown exit strategy, you know, they, there was an immediate uptick in booking yeah. speed. This is media data, you know, by like a couple of hundred percentage points, I yeah. think, where they literally see that people not only search for travel, but they actually right. are at transactional space, which right. is great. And that's where it really is critical for us now to have that messaging in place, right? That we are in that competitive um, yep. space because there's a lot of, um, because there's not going to be more travelers. It's just basically the same travelers. We just have to see how do you attract travelers now and have them come to your destinations or book your products. Make sure that product's available, get the prices out there, flexible conditions, and people are going to be in that booking mood soon. Well, Hubertus, we are at that time. It's great to see you. Episode great 16. to see you. Go Giants. Go Giants, and we'll be back soon. We have some great guests coming up. I know it's been a couple episodes without a guest, so we're going to make up for that with a couple excellent guests in the coming weeks. Look out for announcements on our sftravel.com website or um, on whatever podcast app you use to listen to us. Thank you again for joining, and have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, everybody.